Time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teals. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. I know you hear all the top 25 players in the world here on Pinball Profile. But what about those outside the top 25? Some of the lesser weights. Let's talk to one now here on the second month of the second day. It's Josh Sharp Day. Hello, Josh. It's got to be pretty upsetting for you to be bumped off the front page of IFPA's top 20. Whoa, wait a second here. What's this, a top 26? You Have you, have you checked today? No. It's bad. The Brian Shepard's trolling is over. It's back to the top 25 being listed. It was good. I laughed. He got me to laugh out loud at my desk when I saw that. I have a screenshot. I thought that is uh, yeah, a little shady. It was pretty, it was pretty perfect. If you're going to troll me, it's, that's a pretty good slam dunk trolling effort. You had nothing to do with it. No, no. You know, it's a slippery slope. I, if, if any, I, I think it's uh, oh no way, man. If anything, I think it, it highlights that I'm off the front page more to show me as like the extra person, other than just being able to sort of slide into the abyss. Do you walk in with the front page and show your wife and say, you did this, you right. did this, and then she points to her belly and says, you did this. Right. My daughter's like, I did that. <laughs> Speaking of which, you're getting ready to be a dad again very, very I soon. Know. Baby number I three know. on the way. We already know his name's going to be Jeff. Uh, it's pretty exciting. It's not off the table. Seriously? Not off the table. You've got to do it. I actually got... Uh, this past weekend, we've had two names. We settled on a name, and then my wife, you know, wakes up and hates the name. So then we, you know, we take another week and we settle on another name. This past weekend, she hates the second name that we have settled on. So now we're back to nameless, and it's just driving me crazy. Because it's like, even if we if we get another name together now in the next week, like, what's to stop her from hating it the, the next morning? It's going to be an interesting one. So Jeff is not off the table, man. Your child's going to be like the kids in Bird Box. Boy, girl. <laughs> right, we're going to name him Boy. Now, I know that this means so long, Josh. Thanks for coming out to any possible tournaments that you were at, even now, as you know, few and far between as they were. Now, just forget about it. No. See you, Josh. We, uh, Good knowing we, you. I, I, no, I, dude, I come from the Lefkoff School of Hall Pass negotiations. There were some strong negotiations before uh, that agreement was made for child number three to come into the world. So I got, uh, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. The, tur- the tournaments that I really want to go to, I- I've negotiated my pass to include less bitching about said pass every year now. So it's, uh, I'm in a good spot. Well, we're going to find out soon because I'm, I think I've gone for more of March than I'm home. So we're certainly going to find out quick when I leave like a two-day old at home. You're going to come back and that kid's going to be looking at you like, who's this? You know, Or, or the doors are going to be locked and I'm going to have to go stay at my parents or something. I like the sound of it. I do know that in March, yes, you're going to be going to Las Vegas. So I assume some of your hall passes include work-related things for what you do with Rothrill. So that would put you at IAPA, therefore Free Play Florida likely. You're, yes. You're going to Pin Masters too in Vegas because there's a show there as well? Yes. 
Although, you know, obviously my it, that stretches into the weekend, and so my, my wife knows that it's not work on the weekends. But, yes, I, that's part of my hall pass for that week. It's definitely not work on the weekend. Um, you're not even going to be playing in the national championship because... I won't be. You didn't seem to get very far in that one, did you? I, d- I did all right, man. I won a couple rounds. Where'd you get knocked out? I thought your brother knocked you out early. No, and the semis. Oh, all right. Well, that's all right. That's okay. Come on. Okay, fine. Come on, man. I'm pretty sure my wife doesn't know about the Stern Pro Circuit final yet, and I keep trying to figure out a good day to remind her that I'm gone that weekend for that heads up, but I haven't picked the time yet to remind her of that. You're the defending champ. You have to be there. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't miss it, man. I'm bringing my belt. I'm just going to wear it. That's in Chicago. You'll be home at night, so that's fine. Uh, you know, I'm gonna that that's I'm gonna tell my wife the same exact thing. We'll see we'll see what her response is to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you gotta run the big heads up challenge the next day, which now is a yeah. three strike tournament or how do it you do it? Th- yeah, it's three strikes. It's gonna be a long one. I guess. We'll see. It goes quick. It goes quick. We're, I think well, I'm working with Zach. We're gonna try to get an extra set of games just to try to keep it going. So we'll see. I feel pretty good about the fact that as we dwindle down the field size, the matches go really quick when you're left with really good people. Any idea what the games may be? I assume, obviously, the newest games that we see from Stern? Yeah, that's on Zach's uh, to-do list, just to figure that out. But I would anticipate you know, his answer to, because the Papa guys have the same question about the, uh, the final in terms of how they're going to set up the games and stuff for the, the SPC final. And Zach's response is always, you know, what's in production? What we have in stock, that's what we're going to use. So I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, go to their website and see what's in production. It's probably going to be a lot of those. And what he's playing well at the Stern Factory, that's a factor too. That's right. Whatever he's played the most will be in. Him and Keith, whatever they've practiced on the mm-hmm, most, we'll use mm-hmm. that. Wow, that's funny. All eight games, every uh, the four matches, all made. And how did that happen? Right, right. So that's the second weekend in March, and then we're talking later in March that Pin Masters, and the waiting list for Pin Masters is ridiculous. Now you've got 72 players playing a nine-hole course, a first tee-off time, if you will, and then a second tee-off time. You have enough almost for a third tee-off time, but you said, I'm not going to do it. You know, even as the IFPA president... And with all your IFPA members waiting, longing to play in this special circuit event, you're saying, sorry, can't do it. You know, I'd feel more guilt if if people didn't have like 45 seconds to sign up for Pinberg. Pinmasters sold out in like two weeks. So everyone can blame themselves for not getting in in that initial uh, when registration was opened. I feel no guilt. Myself included, too. I was uh, on the waiting list for a while, but then I guess a bunch of people were hedging their bets, thinking, oh, if I win states, maybe I'll get a spot there. And then they bowed out. Is that why so many spots opened up? There was a mass exodus on January 19th throughout the day. Really? As people got knocked out of state. I think they were, yeah, they were just booking their, in case I win state and want to go to to nationals, I want my pin masters weekend as well. But again, so we have, no guilt for you to add a third tee-off time or expand no. to get some more people in there. Wow. No. You're in. No, That's it, all it's that not matters. Just, it, well, it's not just me. Uh, there's a lot of people involved. They're not my games. It's yeah. not my facility. Zach Sharp's in. Roger it. Sharp's in. We got everyone covered. Shepard's oh, yeah. in. Becker's in. We're good. 
That's all you need. We got our group. I'll see everyone at dinner. <laughs> and where is the best place for dinner in Vegas for you? Now, you're an expert when it comes to Chicago with Lou Maldonado. We have a tradition, at least with like my dad. This is going back to just like having the trade show out there. But we made sure every year we would eat at the steakhouse at Circus Circus. What? And right? And that's the reaction that everyone gets. And this, this comes from my dad, who obviously was going years before we were going out to the trade show. But Circus Circus has an excellent steakhouse. It's called the Steakhouse. And you walk through, you know, the crazy floor that is Circus Circus with, like, it's sort of run down and crappy and the midway's crazy and there's kids running around everywhere. And then the Steakhouse is just in a row of, it's like across from, like, the crazy gift shop or whatever. But you walk in down this, like, long hallway, and it's sort of transformed into, like, this old-school, really nice steakhouse. And we eat there every year. It's not near the horse stalls for the circus animals that just can't cut it anymore or anything like that? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It is not. I'm a fan. Best Caesar salad I've ever had, too, in my life. And you're coming from good. Chicago where there's oh, yeah, good food there. Wow. There is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a big fan of Batista's Hole in the Wall. It's kind of the block behind Flamingo. So just off the strip there, great restaurant, good Italian, very nice. Oh, good to know. Tons. By the way, the wine just keeps coming and coming and coming. Love it. Oh, love it. That's a place you might want to check out, but you can't go wrong in Vegas. So you're making sure that you are enjoying this perhaps last holiday. What else is on your calendar as far as your hall pass is concerned for 2019? That, I get Pinburg if I get in, and I think that's it. I think that's it. I get Expo because it's at home, but outside of that, I mean, yeah, Free Play Florida, you, you covered pretty much it, man. That's all I get. That's why I'm not on the front page anymore. Well, one little code change there from Shepard, and I can fix all that. But uh, Right. It's, I, I feel like you should have just kept it going as I drop into the 30s. The front page would just be like 31, 33, 37. Smaller fonts. <laughs> right. You know, it is Josh Sharp Day, and some people reached out to me to Wish you a happy Josh Sharp Day, so let's play those now. I thought who better to talk to about his son than the father. Roger Sharp joins us right now. Hi, Roger. Thanks for doing this. Oh, Jeff. Hey, it's my pleasure. I'm kidding. It's always wonderful to uh, be brought into the picture when it's uh, about my son. You're a man of many words, so I know you've probably got some great things to say about your son. Yeah, no, I, and, I, and I appreciate the fact that, yes, I have been known to you somewhat long-winded, but when it comes to my son, uh, you know, there's not too much that I can think of that I'm not so proud of in terms of what he's been able to accomplish and uh, how great he is. He is really, really special and, uh, again, very blessed and very proud. Tell me, Roger, what's your favorite memory? God, you know, it's, uh, I've never been disappointed about him. He's just a real sensitive, sincere great guy and for those people in the pinball community you know he's an exceptional player you know what more can i say i guess it's genetic so uh again it brings a smile to my face uh whenever i think about it and uh, whenever i talk about it he is really very very special to me what what more can i say you know it is a pleasure and amazing and astounding to have uh, a, a son like zach you know, he really is one Whoa, 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 Roger, we're, we're talking about Josh today. It's it's February 2nd, uh, the second day of the second month. We're talking about Josh. Josh? Oh, then forget it. I mean, forget it all. Roger? Roger? 
Oh well. Hey, it's Colin McAlpine, 2017 Pinberg champ. I just wanted to take a second to tell you, keep trying, Josh. Maybe someday you could even be in a final with Keith and Kaylee and me. Take care. See you in Vegas. Hey, Schmeff, it's Mrs. Penn. It's the second day of the second month of the year, and I hear today is Josh Sharp Day. But, you know, I'm kind of new to pinball, and I've just never heard of this schmecklehead. Who is Josh Sharp? You know, I've only studied up on the really great, amazing players, so I must have missed him. Anyways, I hope you have a great day today, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Hey, Josh, it's your brother, Zach. Well, first, Jeff, you know, I'm slightly disappointed that you didn't really commit to this. You know, you couldn't have come out with this at, in 2022. It has to be in 2019. Eh, amateur. But, you know, Josh, the split throughout the years has been great. I know you've gotten a lot of my first place winnings, but, you know, your second place winnings have been pretty good. You know, there's a lot of major tournaments, and those second place prize purses have been outstanding. So thank you. Benson thanks you. Crystal thanks you. You're the best, big bro. Hi, my name is Bruce Nightingale from the Slam Tail Podcast and co-owner of the Silverball Saloon. And everyone who orders seconds at the bar will get a hat on the back and a side of maybe next year, champ. Happy Josh Sharp Day. We love you, killer. This is Keith Elwin. I uh, wish I can uh, congratulate Josh in person instead of not like this, but he'll take what he can get. G'day everybody, it's Ryan C from the Head to Head Pinball Podcast in Australia. Due to time zone differences, I'm actually calling you from the future and I have already experienced Josh Sharp Day and let me tell you, it is absolutely just another average day. The Josh Sharp Days of the 90s were a lot better. These days, all hype, no substance. See you next year. Thanks, everybody. I feel so much better about myself. It's a big day. It should be a national holiday. I know the Super Bowl's tomorrow, but it's all about Josh Sharp weekend. Let's. Uh, by the way, who do you have winning the Super Bowl? That's important. I mean, it's tough to bet against the GOAT, right? It's like not picking Elwin in a tournament. At some point, you're picking Tom Brady is, is probably the smart, safe bet. So that that's where my money would go. I am going to hang up on and you right the now. Bears beat the Bears beat the Rams. So... Listen. I mean, how good are they? If the Bears kicker decided to use his <laughs> other foot, maybe they uh, would have been in the Super Bowl. But uh, uh, here's the thing. I'm a massive, massive Rams fan. And I have Really? Been, since I was 11 years old. And you follow them no matter where they move? You just, little Teolas just follows the Rams everywhere? I started off in L.A. So right? going to St. Louis was like, all right, I'll do this or whatever. Wow. And back to L.A., I'm like, okay, good. So I have been eating a bunch of crow this week about, oh, you know, the the pass interference call that wasn't. Of course that should have been called. No question <laughs> about that. But sorry, football fans, talking a little sports here, sports alert. There were other plays in that game that also changed the outcome of the game, like the four times Drew Brees threw with zero seconds on the play clock. No penalty called there. How about the two blatant face masks that happened? No penalty there. Automatic first down and some yardage. That never happened. How about the fact that Sean Payton, call a run play, run down the clock, kick a field goal, win the game. No, no, I got to pass. So Saints fans, blame yourselves. By the way, the Saints, Saints security allowing all those whistles into the stadium that's against the NFL policy. Even Troy Aikman made comment about that too. 
So, you know what? Boo frickety hoo, Saints fans. You have a good team, the better team won. NFL karma. Hashtag. You're, uh, you're, you're not making yourself some fans. I don't that. care. I, l- listen, okay. l- wow, somebody's going to hate me because I want the Rams to win? How big, okay, how is the uh, New Orleans, <laughs> how is the New Orleans pinball scene? You got the Church of the Silver Ball down there, probably access denied for you forever. And you know what? It's one of my favorite cities, too. <laughs> it, it is. I, I've been there. I love the city. The people are extremely nice. But here's what it is. It's not whether, and I've said, again, it should have been called. No question about it. Should have been called. But there are 59 other minutes in the game in which things happen. So, again, it's not just one play. That one's the blatant one. But, again, win the game. It was a good game. It was a good game. As a, as a Bears, you know, diehard, a Bears or bust kind of guy, it was entertaining to watch, you know, call or non-call. I'm hoping just for a good game while I continue to, to double-doink my way to sorrow. You think I've ticked off New Orleans fans? How about all the uh, diehard Patriot fans like the Eric Stones? I'm sure Bowen, a New England guy, probably likes them too. And Jeff Parsons and all these guys, they're all Patriots, rah, rah, rah. Some of my best friends are. I have a son named Brady for crying out loud. So <laughs> he has a Brady jersey, in fact. But... It's Rams time, baby. This is revenge for 2001 when Bill Belichick cheated and watched the Rams practice and learned all their plays. This is revenge. It's taken almost 20 years. Anyway, enough of that. You and I were talking about something interesting that might have happened in pinball to somebody else. And I think I've been playing long enough. I've certainly played a lot of tournaments, but I don't know, A, the rules to games, and B, the rules to maybe some leagues that... Oh, I don't know why I TD sometimes. So here's what happened. You and I talked about this earlier, and you enjoyed my mistake. So I will relay this right now. The game, Attack from Mars. I'm playing in a league. And one thing I do know when I play in tournaments or a league, whenever you get a stuck ball in multiball, the goal, correct me if I'm wrong, is to cradle up and call a TD. Yes. So... I don't think it's stupid me. I think it's ignorant me. I didn't know the rule on this. I'm in multi-ball. I'm going for jackpots. I shoot the saucer, kill the saucer, throw another one in there. The visor comes up. I've got a trap ball in there. I immediately trapped up, called a TD. I said, what do I do? And in fact, think of all the times I've played AFM. I've never had that happen. Sure. So, So I didn't really know what's the software, what's going on. I've had that happen in Spider-Man, and I remember in Spider-Man, they took the ball out, as they should. So I'm assuming, sure. I guess it's the same thing. Not right. Correct me now, Josh. I'm going to read the rules. Okay, I don't want to tell you what the rule is. I want to read the rule verbiage, and then you tell me. You make the ruling, okay? Cause the I can't rule, rule on my own game. Well, you can explain what the rule is. Go Here on. we go. Ready? Yep. In multiball, some games offer the opportunity to stick a ball in an area that can only be freed. I feel like I need Gentleman John's voice here. Maybe you can have him overdub this. Stick a ball in an area that can only be freed if the player uses another ball to free it. Examples include getting a ball stuck behind a visor on games, including Attack from Mars, Jackpot, and Spider-Man. The ruling in this situation is based on whether the game has software written into it to specifically address the mode or situation. On Attack from Mars and Jackpot, 
the dirty pool rule is specifically written for that situation. In these cases, the ball behind the visor would not be considered stuck, and players would continue to play on. On Spider-Man, however, since there is no game rule written for that situation, this would be considered a stuck ball, and the player should attempt to trap the other balls in play and request assistance. No attempt should be made by the player to continue shooting shots around the playfield, trying to free the stuck ball if that ball is deemed to be stuck under this rule. The end. So, I should have just kept playing away, ripping jackpots, which would have been super easy with one ball, one trap ball, but I didn't. So they said, this is what they ruled, shoot the visor and then pop the ball into the saucer. <laughs> which I did, one shot. I mean, if you can't hit the center, I should, I should have quit pinball right there. So I so did it. My, qu- my question to you, and this is why I asked you this when we were talking privately, but I'll ask you again on the show, is did the tournament directors ever consider looking at the stuck ball rule verbiage? Just, just on the off chance that maybe, I don't know, this exact situation is explained in specific detail. Did anyone think about using these rules that are at every TD's disposal on our website we, we have the easiest link ever, ifpapinball.com slash rules. And it goes to the, the IFPA Papa rule set, and it's there for you to enjoy. No, nobody thought to, like, look at the rules? I'll answer it like this. Capital H-E double hockey stick, no. <laughs> nobody looked. And, in fact, the funny thing is the guy who owned the game, and he's owned it for a long time, if not a few of the versions, I don't think any of us have had that happen. I, like I said, I've never had that happen to me, and I didn't purposely try to pop one in there. So, so I've only ever had it happen once on Spider-Man. It was a tournament in December, and we took the ball out. I've never had it happen on well, Jackpot. Well, well, was the ball taken out because you guys read the rules that said it should be taken out and freed, or did you just, like, that everyone just came to the conclusion of, like, you know what I think is the most fair is I, I think we just need to pull that ball, like, how does that decision get made? Okay, let's be let's let's relive it. So the first time I asked somebody, I cradled up and I asked the TD, the homeowner, the guy who owned the game, and the president of the league. I said, "Hey, what do I do?" And he said, "I guess play on." And I th- I said, "Do you want to double check that? Because I don't want an unfair advantage if that is not the rule." So he got somebody else, and somebody said, "Why not shoot the visor?" Which I also know is not the rule either, right? I definitely know that's like, not. I guess. What, like, why wouldn't your response have been, shall we look at the rules? Ah, good point. what it says? Because that would have been the right thing to do. But and it's, it's amazing. It seems to be, and you know what? I, I got a text message from someone whose name rhymes with Red Fritchardson over the weekend <laughs> with the same scenario on a game with a stuck ball being stuck behind a visor. And he was asking me what the rule was. And I was like, I don't know, maybe just do what the rule says specifically. And he had never bothered to see it or read it or what. It's like, yeah, it's a big pet peeve of mine of people that like this resource is there to sort of answer most rulings questions. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's tons of times where you can read the verbiage and it's still kind of a judgment call on where something falls. But in this attack from Mars dirty pool situation, there's literally no room for ambiguity if someone just wanted to look at the rules that we have published at any given time. Two things here, all right? And remember, you're probably one of the guys who contributed to those rules or certainly adapted them from Papa. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. two things. One, 
How many pinball players are bookworms? All right, give me the Coles notes. Give me the pin tips. Give me something 140 characters or less, not let's try to find and file through Attack from Mars. So that's maybe the defense of that. Hold on. Hold on. And and by the way, if a guy like R- Red Richardson uh, also doesn't know, he's been playing for a long time and is one of the best players in the world. If he doesn't know, I don't feel so bad. Or one could argue that maybe he was trying to take advantage of the situation. And, uh, you know, sometimes ignorance is bliss if there's a potential for the ruling to fall in your favor. I'm just saying. If I do a search on the rules page for the word attack, it comes up twice, both in that paragraph. There's no need to read 220 pages of rules. Uh-huh. Just, you know what, maybe this is covered in this giant document. I'm just going to search for attack. I think he searched for the word from, and there were too many. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, it's a rule. It's it's a lesson for all UTDs out there, and it's the same thing that I warned all the state reps before NAACS Day, and it's the same thing I warned my staff, you know, Beckard and and Brian Woodard and Zach, you know, before we get down for nationals and pin masters, is read the rules. Just read it again. And get re-familiarize yourself with them, and just know that you never have to make a gut call. Your first instinct should be, let me find and see if the current verbiage explains that situation away. And I feel like everyone's gut instinct is to just first make a decision that they feel is fair, and that that should be second. If the rules, you know, don't cover a situation, but so many times, it's like the answer's right there in front of you. You just got to find it. And if you're a TD and you sort of read up, I mean, it doesn't take you that. The We can joke that the rules are 200 pages. They're not. They're maybe like 10. But if you have, you know, 10 minutes to sit and read, you'll at least get a sense of like, oh, yeah, stuck balls, is, that's in paragraph 7. So I just know that I only have to go there. I don't have to worry about like, I wonder if these rules cover stuck balls. It's like you kind of, if you familiarize yourself with them, you'll know that like, yes, there is a paragraph on stuck balls. Let me give it a read and see if it covers this stuck ball situation. Read for 10 minutes. Do you know the attention span of kids today? And God bless them because now I can adapt it. it. You know what? Bedtime stories tonight. I am reading my kids. No more uh, goodnight gorilla. We're going full. No shut the F up asleep? Tonight. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see if it works. Man, this could, could, could be unlocking the key to some future success here. Listen, I love pinball, obviously. I do this podcast. I play in tournaments. I play in leagues. If I started reading that to a young child, first thing is, why am I reading that to a young child when my kids are too old? (laughs) Secondly is, I would fall asleep before they did because I'd be like, gone. I'm out. Boring. But that's just me. Very good. I need bookworms like yourself. I need brilliant people in my life like an Ian Harrower. I need, you know, great people who know all the rules like Bowen, like Adam Lefkoff, and all these people. These are the people I count on. I have some breaking news for you. You want some breaking news? Yes, please. Adam Becker is on vacation through February 8th. So whoever, well, I'm sure we'll have a notice up on our website, but for whoever ignores our website and is wondering why their results are not in this week as they listen to your podcast, it's because Adam is on vacation. That's all. And... Good for him because did you see some of the comments that happened when he was away last time? I know. I I just was like, are you kidding? This poor guy. I, poor I I hope he gave back his huge IFPA salary. Right. I know. For entering in what ten thousand tournaments plus uh, probably a year. I don't know. Not that many. Well, how what did you do? Would you do? Well, actually, you know what he. Well, let's see. Well, the 
final numbers were last year. Events by year. So last year was 57-68. So he had to, he approved the calendar submission and the results submission. So he touches everything twice. So that's like 10,000, yeah, baby. 11,600 touches. Oof. Divided by 52 weeks, man, 223 a week. So glad I got him involved <laughs> these last three years rather than the, uh, man, well, three years before that. It's easy. Well, I didn't know what I was complaining about back then. Jeez. Not because he's on vacation, but just because of the volume, and it only increases every year. Why doesn't somebody else help? No one else offered? Have you no, not asked? It's, yeah, we've had plenty of people that have volunteered to uh, to help if uh, – if Adam, when Adam cries mercy, but uh, I think you know, truth, we like to we like to bitch a lot publicly about it, but we we love doing it. We love uh, we we're doing our part, right? Everyone does their part. You do your part with your podcast. We feel like this is us doing our part for the sport and for Adam. You know, him doing uh, the approvals on the calendar side and the results side. He, you know, he really feels good about doing his part for the hobby. When he cries mercy, we'll reach into the bullpen and try to to pull anyone else that has some interest in dabbling in such things. So, Joshua, do you think this is the last hurrah for you as you approach 40 this year and a father of three young children and the number of tournaments keep decreasing? I mean, unless you do very, very well with them, do you think this is the last hurrah of Josh Sharp? Do you think, you know, that chance to get back in the top 25, top 20, top 10, are are those days done? They're, They're probably done. Yeah. And the only, uh, the back nine is if, like, Colin or Charlotte get into it. Yeah, yeah. And I can bring them with and start earning the left cough. You know, when he was able to bring Escher, it was like doing his wife a favor of like, hey, I'm going to go to this and I'm going to take Escher. So you, uh, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> if I can get to, into that uh, area where I can relieve my son driving my wife crazy and he wants to come with me, then, then we're talking, you know, win-win. But outside of that, it's dude, it's hard. There's too many good events. There, yeah, it's just the pressure that that I would have to put on myself to finish, you know, top ten in all the majors and everything that I'm playing in. It's just at some point, it's not, it's not likely. It is amazing, which is what, okay, man. It's okay. Well, for some of us who really try to do as well as we can, I mean, certainly having fun is the most important thing. But you know, when you're somewhat decent, you you try your best, and one of the great perks of doing your best is that opportunity, whether earned or not, whether Herbert from Austria shows up or not, (laughs) is getting into the World Championship, which this year takes place in Milan, Italy, in June. And, you know, I looked at where I was last year, and I got in, I think, 85th. And again, that's day of one person not showing up, although I was the first person on the wait list. And, And I got in. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm actually ahead of last year. Just by a few points, by a lot more points, but a few more standing points. I thought, sure. I got a shot at this. Not a shot at all, because everybody seems to be going to Italy, including, as of right now, Keith Elwin for his first ever that? European trip, which I think is great. That? I hope he does. He's going to regret whatever February 2nd message he left you about me. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone's going. And, of course, a lot of people from Europe. And I don't know if I have fans in Romania and Slovenia. But <laughs> you guys are sending four people. Are you kidding me? You got twenty-two that, different countries. You got twenty-two New different flags. countries. Wow! I need a country. Although you changed it this year, you have to live in the country, right? Correct. You can't just uh, 
No, oh. there's no more the the Damien Charlotte uh, rule and the Marcello rule. That that those days are over. I don't know Marcello. I do know Damien. Damien's a good player. He was just outside of it. Yeah, so, yeah. But, but yeah, he got a free France buy from that. And uh, yep. But, and uh, Marcello got a Brazil spot. So are you seeing different growth this year? Like I talked to my good buddies Martin and Ryan from Head to Head Pinball, and uh, apparently Australia is just going through the roof. Is is that one of the big growth areas for IFPA? And and as you had this success with the state and provincial championships with the dollar money that went out, and again for the nationals, what's the next thing? Where's the next level? Is it more money into the pot? What is it? No, I don't know. I feel like you know we successfully round tripped the dollar for year one i feel like you know the the media pieces were there was better messaging this time around from you know zach pushing out you know and stressing the amount of money that we're giving away it's like every it just takes time like i'd like to see a couple of years and see if if we can change the narrative for pinball to be taken seriously by you know outside world people we'll see if uh you know the coverage that we get in vegas if there's anything that, that will linger, you know, will the, the people that won their states and provinces, will there be an interest in maybe the news people that covered them locally to do a follow-up piece? Because maybe this is a more serious deal than, than absolutely not doing a follow-up piece because it was kind of just a fluff whatever. Like, I think uh, it's tough to really extrapolate what all this means yet. So, and we don't like, we don't, we don't make decisions quickly. So I think uh, we're just going to stay the course. I think you're more likely to see something like with Australia at the local level in terms of like, is it a good time for them to look into a dollar fee to try to raise the profile of, you know, that national championship? You know, maybe. I asked, you know, Martin his feedback on that. I think they're they're in the process of figuring it out. I think, you know, at some point the dollar fee for women's events is going to be something that we have to figure out. I know that, you know, we're, we're obviously giving away a pinball machine at the Women's World Championship out in Vegas, but outside of that, you know, it, it, the prize money is is 24 ladies putting in 50 bucks each. It's 1,200 bucks. It's not the the sexiest prize package ever. You know, we're we're happy that we're able to to increase the prize package and have a 600% payout or whatever. You had some sponsorship last year for it because I know I donated to it. We did, we did. So that and that word, the connotation of that word of people donating both. I uh, I don't pretend to speak for the women that are participating in this thing, so I actually reached out to them about their preference of, hey, what do you guys think about me reaching back out for, you know, quote-unquote sponsorship through really donations rather than it really being a sponsorship. And everyone felt like it, it almost cheapened the championship to, to be playing with people's donated funds. So their preference was to not actively, you know, raise funds through donations this year, which I can respect. And so that's what I did. Hmm. Okay. I will bring three things to your attention as you try to grow pinball. One, pinball was named into the National Toy Hall of Fame in Rochester, New York. So that's a big deal. Secondly, as you try to grow pinball, I will remind you that at one time, ballroom dancing was an Olympic sport. Sure, it's very physical, but some could say the same about pinball, especially when you're karate kicking like Josh Sharp, not like this. 
And the third thing, too, as pinball tries to grow, there's this little petition going on, change.org, presented by Joe Cherovino, in which they're trying to make... National Pinball Day? August 1st, your father's birthday, National Pinball Day. So again, that's on change.org. Those are three big things to think about. Any thoughts on those? Uh, I've attempted to fill out the Olympic application in the past. It was not fun. And I think I threw the application in the garbage when we uh, we had to outline what our drug testing policy was and how we enforced, you know, whatever rules we enforced. See you later. Forget I, it. I, right. It was like, okay, so at least I don't have to go through the other 78 pages of this application. We're just done. <laughs> uh, especially in Canada. It's legal now. So uh, a lot of people are, uh, yeah, you'll never see a representative from Canada. I say that jokingly. For okay. me, you know, I get excited about, you know, there's some exciting announcements coming stern pro circuit related that i can't get into yet but i'm excited about the ability for that to raise awareness for the sport so uh when you know you'll see some of that when the time comes good stuff's happening man it's just happening at a much uh, at, at a pace that i'm very comfortable with because i sort of live that world on the buck hunter side but probably a pace that most people aren't patient enough to have but uh I, i'm i'm all smiles over here And, of course, you'll hear that breaking news right here on the official Josh Sharp Station, your podcast of choice, Pinball Profile, where you get all the information and everything IFPA. You're supposed to say yes, Jeff. Yes, Jeff. That's our agreement. I will not tell anyone else any of this information before telling you first. Perfect. As long as you keep the checks coming. I've done all right there. I was. Hey, would you win for Illinois? What did I win? I won... Maybe like a hundred bucks, and then I won half a Zach's pot. So it was good, man. <laughs> it was a good day. Four twelve for this guy, baby. That's you, you. I think you won more than me or Zach. I think I won more than most states. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? How was the? I mean, you tell me as being on the other end of the dollar. How did the field? And you guys had twenty-four people, right? Yes. For Ontario, super state. Yes. Everyone feel pretty good about getting paid out. How was the? How was the receipt of those funds? That other end. It was great. It was fantastic, you know. It's cash money. It's uh, I don't know how we claim it when it comes time for CRA or your version of IRS, um, but uh, you know, it was good. Um, I think those people that all won money knew what it was going into all calendar year. Those people that weren't interested in that probably dropped off a few tournaments, but I think those people were less than there were people that were interested in it. I don't play pinball for money ever, 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 unless sure, I'm, me neither. unless I'm playing. LTDs, Looney Throwdowns here in Canada, you know, the dollar games, that's the only time I do it. And even then, it's more, like, it's not even really serious pinball because you'll be playing, you and I will be playing, and all of a sudden I'll turn the lights off and turn them on, turn right, them off, like, right. or, or, you know, kick you in the back of the leg. Things like that happen in dollar games, but not in real competitions. You know, uh, you play kind of arcade rules, stuck ball, keep going, you know, all that kind right. of stuff. Again, it was a nice bonus. I'm sure I contributed that and then some to pinball in 2018, so it was nice to get a little bit of it back, but it was fun. It's a, it's a good format. The only complaint I did here, and I heard this yeah, from a few bring other it, people. Yeah, I love complaints. Well, this isn't a complaint for me because I think you have to do it the way you're doing it, was the bracket system. Be- sure. Because I, I did get people who said, you know, oh, I had the easier path to get there. Probably, maybe, who knows? All I know is the people I played were tough as hell and they beat me all the time, so... Maybe, but again, other people were saying, you know, uh, what was it? I can't, I don't want to give the person's name, but they had a weird path where they were playing in, say, the quarters, and you pretty much knew whoever won that was going to win 
the finals, or at least they were the best two people ranked in the quarters, and now one of them's gone. So is the bracket the best way to do it? I, you know what I like about it? You got to win. Look at a guy like you in the Stern Pro Circuit final. You stunk. You came third. You came third and second in almost every game, but it was just enough to get by. You know, Steve Bowden got screwed on free fall by having three house balls, and that made you advance. And all you had to do was win the final game. That's right, man. I think uh, you know. For us, we do it as part of our talking points for the media, like March Madness. March Madness. Yeah. You know, the volatility of March Madness. That's something that's very easily understandable by someone on the other end. And that's only been reinforced with the interviews that I've had. of just like, well, so you know March Madness? They put all the teams in a bracket. You either win or go home. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, we just do exactly that. Yep. Oh, okay, that's great. So two people play against each other, and then there's like a winner. and It's like, yes, someone wins, and the other person, get out of there. You're done. It just makes sense. Yeah, don't change it. Out of the, I think, four years I've been in the Ontario Championships, uh, this was my favorite, not even because of the dollars. The reason I liked it the best was because it was based on your top 20 tournaments, not how many tournaments you can possibly get in. So, yes, volume is a bit of a factor, but it's capped. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, for those that complain about, you know, the seating, it's it's not supposed to, you know, the seating, it, the qualifying for it is no different than any other tournament, right? So, you know, when Pinburg has qualifying, if that first round, one of your quarterfinal groups is Elwin, Raymond, Bowen, and Zach, like, is that fair? It's like, well, it sucks for that group. It's great for everyone else. That's just the way the standings shook out. The goal of a tournament qualifying system, you know, isn't meant to give the highest-ranked players the best opportunity. The, the qualifying system is supposed to seed players based on the qualifying data only. Again, almost a year ago, I flew to Chicago to play a four-game match where the only top two people <laughs> went on, and my group was Trent Augenstein, the number one player in the pro circuit standings, some guy named Keith Elwin, a retired guy who was coming back, and Bowen Karens, and myself. And I was up for the challenge. Did I know I was going to lose? Of course. But anything I did that was successful was gravy. So that was the that was the experience for me, going, okay, can I play with these guys? If I'm at my best and they're at their worst, is there a chance? Is there, you know, Or just whatever the case may be. And that experience, even though I lost, meant the world to me, and it helped me know, okay, on a, and, and same with the Ontarios, okay, when I play my best, I can play with not anyone, but a lot of people. So that was the good thing about that. And it, I think we've talked about this before. It's like when you're on a golf course. If you're playing with three hacks, you're probably going to have a bad game. If you're playing with three lights out players, you will elevate your game. To yeah, kinda, man. So that's the nice thing about these things. I loved it. Don't change a thing. We won't. We won't. Sticking it out. And there's something nice with uh, when we get to to nationals and the format's the same. It's it's very easy for people to get used to this single elimination bracket. Like the intro meeting is like, hey, so the format for today is, hey, you guys all won this format. So you guys should be plenty uh, experienced with how it's going to go. Josh, it's always fun to talk to you, especially on Josh Sharp Day. Go have yourself some cake and don't be afraid to have some seconds. Uh Thanks, Jeff. That was a good one. <laughs> All right, time for your song. Thanks, Josh. Have a good one. See you in Vegas. Thank you, sir. Take care. See you out there. 
This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. I'm Jeff Teolis. My wife won't let me play. I'll never win a major. I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot.